0: And we are recording. All right. This is the eighth episode in our series, uh, the 2021, and there's a siren outside, the 2021 Grand Lodge Candidates Series Um, with Worshipful Brother William Thompson. Thank you so much for being here. Thank
1: you for having
0: me. So... Uh, We've been publishing these every day. We started uh, last Sunday at 6 p.m. and we are now one week in uh, our eighth episode. So I will go through these caveats very quickly uh, because everybody should have seen them. Uh, All opinions expressed are my own. They don't represent Grand Lodge or the Windsor Masonic Temple. This uh, invite to appear on the podcast is open to all Grand Lodge candidates. Hopefully, I've managed to contact all of them, but if I missed anybody, my email address is on the bottom of the screen. Get in touch. I would love to have you as part of the podcast. Um, This is not meant as an endorsement of any candidate, but rather just a chance for all candidates to talk about their Masonic journeys and just to talk and to, to give Ontario Masons a chance to get to know them better. And if you are curious about any guest or the voting process, check out the description to this video. So, once again, uh, Worshipful Sir, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, let's start with the, well, let's start with uh, something that's in everybody's mind. If you look, for example, even what we're doing now, right? This is Freemasonry using the virtual space. Uh, and with Grand Lodge this year, it is going to be also in the virtual space. Voting will be electronic. The meetings will be electronic. Um, it's unfortunate, but also it's understandable why it's necessary. What are your thoughts about the increased use of go-to meetings, Zoom meetings, both for lodges and for Grand Lodge?
1: Well, I'll speak specifically about Grand Lodge first, and. I've been going to Grand Lodge since I joined masonry, the, uh, down in um, the Royal York. but I found, this is truly the first time that the brethren in Ontario get to see the candidates and hear them speak, listen to their views, their hopes, wishes, and so forth. Whereas in the past, you go to Grand Lodge, you have the nomination list, but very difficult to get background on that individual unless you go and go to his specific lodges and so forth. This is the absolute best way to meet. Secondly, when it comes to lodges, I think it's prudent in, that the lodges pers- keep going with these Zoom meetings because it still keeps people connected It's still good to see and we, I know in our lodge, Seven Star Lodge, we get in 15, 20 minutes early and that'll be our little time to get together and socialize a bit. Mind you, not as good as in in person, but you get to convey your thoughts and see what's going on in Masonry and above all, listen to some education. Uh, I think despite the times that we're having right now masonry is persevering this is to me caused a person i see a personal increase in the interest in our craft because people are at home they're searching they're looking online and they see free masonry that intrinsically holds the same values that they possess or they seek to possess So I applaud everybody that uses this forum. And once we do get together and be able to do degrees and so forth, we'll see that resurgence continue.
0: So that brings up an interesting point uh, for Lodges, but also for Grand Lodge. Do you have any concerns about how to translate interest into uh, an increase in either Masonic uh, initiations or membership or or activity. Um, you know, you're certainly correct. I think a lot of people are seeing an increase in, in, in interest in the craft and Freemasonry. Uh, but uh, I would argue that in the past, Freemasons, whether it be at the Grand Lodge level or the Lodge level, have not had the best track record at following up interest with with action far too often you know maybe uh, uh applicants you know uh, uh, queries will go unanswered or people won't respond to communications uh how important is it you think that whether it be grand lodge or lodges they work to capitalize on this interest
1: well a couple of points i'd like to address first of all to me it is leadership If you were the master of the lodge, it is your responsibility to display this leadership and enact the leadership bestowed upon you by ensuring that you follow up with these individuals that have expressed an interest. You have to keep them entertained. You to introduce them to, well, maybe you could listen to these podcasts. Maybe you could research this piece of... uh, news on the internet. Maybe you could look at different lodges in the states and see what masonry has done throughout the world. So to me, that is leadership. And your leadership is not strictly the master though, the master and his officers. So, which is including the secretary and includes whoever the potential sponsors are going to be. The sponsors have a responsibility to these candidates to make sure that they don't become stagnant and just say, oh, what a waste of time. It's their responsibility to allow them or give them or show them the ways to search and find out to increase their educational value. I think Grand Lodge has had an enormous, enormous task ahead of them that they've with COVID, but The I find the defining moment or the defining factors with Grand Lodge policies is that they're clear and succinct. We don't need to, say, read between the lines. Whereas some other organizations, you might have to. But with Grand Lodge, we don't. Clear and cut. And we'll follow their lead. Our voting is going to proceed. It's going to be great. I have an inherent sense of service. I spent thir- over 35 years in the military to serve. And I did not join masonry until '02, where I was initially passed and raised in '02 at Seven Star Lodge in Alliston. And I didn't join until later because Well, number one, I was in an occupation where you went to places that you had little notice of. You didn't know where you were going, what country you were going to do your job in, who were you going to serve, and the mandate. But when you've been on missions, the camaraderie and the brotherhood is extremely, extremely intense when you're operational. And I honestly find find that same within masonry. So why do I want to serve? Because I enjoy it. And I really honestly believe, I think I'm a better guy, a better man, by serving and giving rather than taking. Uh, I would not be doing this without the unfailing support of the Seven Star Lodge, its master, and uh, the brethren all. My plan, or what I would like to do, should I be successful in gaining the uh, votes, I believe I could exemplify the ritual and how the ritual is done. As you can well imagine, the military has instilled in me a sense of discipline, integrity and loyalty, but I bring that into Masonry too, because to me that's what Masonry de- demands loyalty to your brethren. Be the best of what you can do. If you're going to do something, whether it be lit, ritual, whatever, do it right or don't bother doing it at all. And you should carry in that thought when you're doing the ritual is never pass a fault. If you can't resolve that fault, you go higher or seek somebody else that can. The other reason I wanted to serve as Grand Senior Warden is because within my family, both my grandfathers were uh, Masons. And uh, my brother is the ex past Grand Senior Warden for the province of Quebec and uh, for the Grand Lodge of Quebec and the past uh, co-chair of the Board of General Purposes for Grand Lodge of Quebec, and myself. So we've got over three full generations of service with masonry, to which none of us have have had or have now any regrets. It's great.
0: Now, you know, you talked about, and you you touched on this, the grand senior warden position is primarily a, a ritual position uh, and you talked about well,
1: well it's not primarily a ritual position but it's an, a position that calls on perfection in the performance of ritual
0: what is it about the ritual in freemasonry that um uh, speaks to you? Why why do you think it's so important that that it be done, uh, you know, correctly and, and well?
1: Pride in your work. Pride in your play. Whatever you do, you should have pride in what you do. And hence I go back to, if you're going to do something, do it well or not at all. If you go to a lodge as a visitor, And the people don't even bother. The brethren don't even bother to square the lodge. Uh, They're not prepared. It's very, very obvious. But when you see a lodge that puts effort into it, might not be perfect, but puts effort into it and are really really tried, that makes the heart glow. And it gives you pride in your brethren performing that and you should encourage them the officers of the lodge or the brethren to do it properly discipline in all you do is a major facet in life today and especially now it's most important
0: do you worry that there is a lack of Uh, discipline in some of our lodges or a lack of of effort regarding ritual work or even, uh, you know, administration of a meeting in general?
1: All too often, uh, the master is plagued with uh, unavoidable emergencies where some of his officers can't attend, so it's a quick backfill to fulfill his position. And so with that, discretion is a better part of valor. And you have to give credos to whoever steps in, number one, for stepping in, and number two, I'm sure, 99% of the time, they try to do their best to fill that vacancy. But I don't think... I think the discipline has gone out of the lodge generally. I'm not being specific to any lodge in particular, but just generally where, no, if your sponsors are uh, doing their jobs and have groomed their, uh, their brethren that they sponsored, when he goes to do his uh, first degree work, It gives the sponsor a sense of pride if the candidate does well, recites well. Maybe he made a lot of mistakes, but he's trying very, very hard. He's trying his best. That's what matters. But it's for us and the leadership of the Lodges and Grand Lodge to instill that in the candidates and the brethren. You've got to instill that requirement that say, you know, instead of just sloughing it off, do very well, prepare for it, and it'll make you feel better by doing it though.
0: I've, yeah, and that, you know, I just spoke with, uh, I just recorded another interview with a brother from uh, Kentucky, um, and he talked about anxiety uh, in Freemasonry or, or ways to reduce anxiety. And he he was a military man himself, um, or, or in a past life had been in the military, and he brought up the importance of preparation as a way to reduce nerves and ensure uh, a successful meeting. Um, is that a is that a, a lesson from the military? The, <laughs> the benefit of preparation, training, you know, well, train I, I and work twenty percent type thing.
1: I would say that's a part of it. But when you're in the military and you're going to do something, you better do it well, because it could impact on somebody's life. When we look at masonry, you best do it well, because it could impact on somebody's life. If you have uh, a new brother just coming in the Lodge, where... The officers are sort of lackadaisical, give a salute, like whatever, just a wave of the hand, you know, and they don't do the step, so forth. He's saying, well, why am I having to learn this if these guys aren't bothering to do it? Why am I having to do it? Why do I have to do it this way? And they can do it whatever way they want. So with the preparedness, the individuals are going to feel less anxious because they know their stuff. They know they could do it properly and so they won't have that anxiety. Whereas if you go there ill-prepared, guaranteed, your anxiety level is up there.
0: And, you know, the... the to what extent do you think the, the modern world "Quote unquote," um, you know, it's impacting the ability to to be prepared to to have time to practice. Um, you know, you're seeing an increase in two-income households. Um, men being being more involved with family compared to certainly my grandfather's times. Uh, do you think it's just more challenging now for for men to find the time to work on ritual, to work, to come to lodge to have a practice? Or is it just a matter of prioritizing things better and and convincing people to make Freemasonry, convincing men to make Freemasonry a priority in their life?
1: Hard question. Uh, But we're in a different world. We have young men anxious to join. They do join, but they're whether they're in uh, post-secondary education or uh, their job requires them to work evenings and nights, whatever, it's very difficult for them. When we look specifically at Seven Star Lodge in Alliston, we're a bit of a transit membership because we're close to the military base. So, Brethren have joined and then they move all over the world. <laughs> so, so it's very difficult. They won't attend, but they keep in touch, and we ensure, or I should say, our secretary ensures that these brethren are kept informed and kept in the loop. It's very difficult for the brethren to attend lodge when they have small family, the work available today the restrictions with COVID. It's no wonder that they find it very difficult to attend lunch, but they try. And it's up to us to keep them interested and not lose sight of the teachings of Masonry.
0: Yeah, that's something I, str- I struggle with. Uh, I'm only at you know Mason 13 years. I don't have a family. I've been lucky in terms of my work. Um, And what it allows me to do. But I do, you know, if you're talking to a young man who wants to join Freemasonry, but he also has a young family, um, you know, is it fair from a lodge perspective to initiate the brother into the craft to take his dues if it's very likely that he's not going to attend meetings? um, And you know, you see it now, again, going back to, I don't, I didn't talk to him much about this, but both my grandfathers were Freemasons. Um, from what I understand, they they attended lodge as a matter of course. Um, certainly I don't recall or believe they ever, you know, missed a lodge meeting because of family commitment or something to that nature. Now it's not as reasonable to expect that. So. If you have a young man who has a young family, who has shift work, you know, is it better to tell him to hold off a few years? Otherwise, he may join and then not be able to attend for several years in a row. Is that really fair on anybody's part?
1: If we have an individual who has expressed an interest to join masonry, it is not for me to say, no, we can't. I don't know what's gonna happen, what kind of job he might have, or even say he has a small job or a job where he has to work shift work, and has a small family. If we let him join, then he has, when he does have the time, he has that option to attend lodge, not only his mother lodge, but any other lodge in the world. We afford him that opportunity And because he missed Lodge, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. But in this case, no, your family has to come first. And in your Lodge, if your secretary is proactive, we'll send out a copy of the minutes to the brethren that misses Lodge and clue them up or bring them up to speed on any outstanding issues that we're addressing. I just think we cannot turn this man away, because his small family or his family might deter him from coming to lodge. No, I don't think we can do
0: that. So then, does that does does that then become an issue for the lodge to maybe do a better job of, you know, maintaining uh, contact? Because if you have a brother who, due to family commitments and work commitments, cannot attend. Um, there can be a tendency, you know, they become uh, almost like a ghost member, like their name is on, on the roll, but no one has spoken to them for however many years. Okay. Is, is it up to lodges but to work harder to maintain contact with those brothers?
1: It certainly is. It is up to the lodges. They are the grassroots of Freemasonry, the lodge, the Blue Lodge. If, we, if a lodge brings a brother into masonry, His sponsors should be that individual's mentors throughout his Masonic journey. If, and I'm saying if you have a secretary that is well aware and with electronic means nowadays, he could send out those minutes, like I said earlier, and keep him informed. The sponsors keep him informed, keep him intrigued keeping interested and he will come back when he has the chance. You can't fault a man because of his family or his work, which in fact turns to his family because he can't support without
0: work. So what type of, because you know, I mean, I, a uh, secretary myself, Uh, past master you know the the necessity of of maintaining that contact when a brother is not attending um that just strikes me as something that's such an important thing even you know nothing frustrates me more than you know you're trying to track down a brother he's not attending lodge you're trying to find him and by the time you do, you find out he's been ill for months and months. Uh, and you know, if, if nobody contacts the lodge about it, like on the, the individual members, you know, I always make sure because masonry uh, is such a part of my life. Like I have a, if I get hit by a bus. So if I get hit by a bus, there's people who will contact the lodge for me to let them know I won't be able to attend. And because I'm secretary, I, you know, have backup of files and because you even, you know, in, a, in my will, I talk about where I want my Masonic stuff to go and Masonic funerals. It just seems like it's important also on a member basis, individual members to, even if you can't attend the lodge, to have plans in place to maintain contact and to maintain, um, uh, you know, to work with the lodge let you know what's happening in your life uh, regularly.
1: I agree with everything you said. So I, I can't I, expand on that. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly.
0: So I guess that that's the question is, the when you see those breakdowns and, and, and I don't mean a breakdown in the sense of like uh, necessarily a fight or a conflict, but just a breakdown where communication is lost between a lodge and a member. Um, you know what are the i guess what do you think the causes of that are and what are some of the, the solutions
1: i think the causes of it is complacency to me it would be the singular cause well we saw him in lodge today and you don't sit down and lodge and take a mental imprint of who's there and who's not there and your intentions might be great, but you forget. Say, oh geez, I'll call him tomorrow because he wasn't at Lodge. Oh no, I forgot. Well, maybe next day and you end up forgetting about it because I know I have. Besides the complacency, it's leadership. Leadership of the Lodge officers is key. Because when the leaders are in there, the officers are in their chairs, they are in fact grooming the brethren not in the chairs to move up. You know what I mean? When they do the ritual, they're seeing it from the floor level and saying, oh yeah, that's how you do that. And they do it right. So that will bring them back to lodge again. You have to keep them interested. Uh, I've been secretary as well of our lodge, and I found it extremely, extremely difficult. And I was actually unaware of this about a brethren that missed lodge. And uh, two weeks later, finally found out that this poor man, uh, poor brother, was being uh, intimidated and bullied by uh, two young men in uh, his apartment building. We didn't have a clue, and that's because I didn't follow up.
0: Steep yeah. learning
1: curve. Steep learning curve, but I mean this process—a requirement that the sponsors, your brother, your neighbor—check on them every day. Not necessarily every day, but maybe once a week. Just, are you okay? Check to see if they're okay mentally and physically or if they need anything?
0: The issue of complacency or the word complacency uh, this has been touched on before in the podcast. when you look at the not just the craft in Ontario but nationally, internationally, um, you know to my knowledge the last year, that we had a growth in membership uh, overall was 1959 on at least an international scale. And I think even nationally in the States, for sure, the last year they had national growth was 1959, it has been declining since. Uh, things like dues have, you know, remained relatively stagnant. Do you worry that, you know, one thing in my research, uh, that word complacency has come up a few times. I, I do think in the 1920s and the 1950s, when you had these Masonic boom periods, Freemasonry might've been a little bit complacent with the idea that the craft would continue growing during those booms and didn't necessarily plan for possible declines in, in membership. And, and to a certain extent over you know, the decades since, perhaps it's still remained relatively complacent in trying to either adapt or improvise to kind of the the new world, as it were, the, you know, the late 20th, early 21st century.
1: When we look at the surges in membership or interest in masonry, it is on a cycle. It is cyclical. However, when you look at all the increases, we'll say up until I'd say even the 70s was a who's who in the zoo. Who could be your corporate uh, buddies? Who could be business, uh, provide business opportunities? Unfortunately, that was often the case why members joined the lodge or joined masonry and not actually for the pursuit. So, When you look at that, I call that part of complacency too, allowing that a brother come in because he just wants to make business connections. Well, that's not what we're about. So the cycle we're going through now, I think we're increasing within Canada. Uh, We're doing that because... We're running out. We're running out of options for men. Do you know what I mean by that? Our options being that in these sedentary uh, times with COVID, everything affecting us, who doesn't need someone to uh, rely on or support? In the world, you have to support somebody or rely on somebody. You could never do it alone. And with Masonry, people are seeing that in the, today's youth, they're starting to see that. They're saying, holy geez, I'll give you an example. My niece was down in the States and she ran into trouble. And she was always told by my brother if you're ever in trouble and you need help and you see the and compasses on the door, knock on that door, or there'll be a phone number there. She went, got the number off the door, phoned them. guys were there and fixed her up in no time and away she went. That is masonry. And that is what people are looking for to do now. People want to serve their fellow men. And they recognize the fact that some don't have, others do have, and don't need. So this is an excellent platform for charity.
0: Is it, uh, you know, COVID? Like, what do you think is some of the reasons for this this desire that people have, especially, or the reason that they're feeling this desire so strongly in 2021, a desire to serve and a desire to to help, you know, because these issues, I just read a, or I read a book called Bowling Alone, which was about the decline in membership in civic organizations, such as Freemasonry, Elks, Odd Fellows, but that was written in 1998. Um, so the, this declining membership in fraternal organizations, you know, has been a longstanding thing, but it does seem like we are seeing a desire recently for people to once again, be part of things and to serve and to quote unquote, join, um, fraternities and civic groups.
1: Your question.
0: Uh, so what do you think is the, the reason that we're seeing that, increased desire? Well,
1: the, uh, um, there is a generation out there. I don't know what it's called, but it was basically the me, me, me generation. And it was all for me and screw everybody else. We're at the point now in life And in the world, where we can't afford to live by that anymore. We have to live with the sorrow and the pain right now that the whole world is experiencing. Look how how many deaths have been related to COVID. So the whole world is feeling this. So people are saying here, geez, yes, I believe in God. I believe in God. I really do. But look what's going on around us. We're not a church. We're not a religious order. We believe in the supreme being. But in order to get those teachings of the supreme being, we're a Mason." People are looking at what masons have done, what masons are doing. And believe me, I've met a lot of people that didn't even know that the Shriners Hospital was related to masonry. So when we look at things like that, and then people are getting more educated now, and they're saying, ah, there's another level out there. Yes, this is what I've been looking for not looking for the bad boys in New York or whatever they're called or even in uh, Barrie. No, we're after a sense of higher purpose. And I think it teaches, Masonry also teaches us that little patience in dealing with others, which goes a long way. And the people expressing an interest today are big on that now. So they're patient, they want to join masonry, and they'll, they know they might have to wait six months a year, but they'll wait because they have a severe interest and they're kept interested by your brother.
0: Patience, is a, uh, patience with people is a good skill. It's not always one I possess myself, but I definitely think it's <laughs> something Freemasonry teaches. Uh, me neither (laughs) yeah it's not always my uh, my strongest suit that's for sure you know every year around this time yeah may june back when we were meeting in person now online you know you you start to hear a lot of people talking and throwing around terms like grand lodge board of general purposes grand senior warding you know you hear all these these terms um But especially you know for a newer mason one who for example is not eligible to vote in some of these things it can all kind of get in one ear out the other but i guess from your opinion why is it important for even a a newer mason or one who's not eligible to vote um, why is it important to pay attention to things like grand lodge grand lodge offices and kind of familiarize yourself both with the process and with the candidates, both for a voting member, but also for a newer or non-voting Mason. Well,
1: first uh, for the non-voting Mason, I'm a firm believer. If somebody is setting policy or direction, I'd like to know where it's coming from and how it works. How does it make this, these decisions? And I'm not the only one. It's prudent that whoever the sponsor takes a newly initiated or the new Mason down to Grand Lodge and explains what's happening at Grand Lodge. The different lectures available, the uh, voting process just needs to be explained. And otherwise, if he waits until he is master or a warden to go down and he's eligible to vote, he doesn't have a clue what's going on. So there again, it brings it back to the lodges that they are responsible to educate this brother. You have to know within an organization, whether it's masonry, any other organization, Who's in command? And what do you expect? Our grandmaster expects the same as I do, as I'm sure you do, as any other brace, Mason. Is endeavor to be happy yourselves and communicate that to others. But the problem is, how are you getting happy through Mason? which goes back to that sense of pride, that brotherhood that is available within masonry. It's unlike anywhere else or anything else in the world. It's not something you can bottle or sell, but it is available. And it is available for the newly minted mason when he, if he doesn't understand the governing bodies, the Board of General Purposes, what its purpose is, what rationale is, what the funding, where the funding goes, the education that is available through Grand Lodge and lodges throughout the world is astronomical. So if he is not led or explained to how to find this information and how to progress through masonry and reap the most benefit, we're gonna lose them if we don't look after them.
0: You used the word happiness. Oh, we lost you. Yeah, just said. All right, there we go. We got you again. We um, used the word happiness. Uh, which is a word that pops up, as you said, in our ritual. Uh, What is happiness to you in a Masonic uh, setting? Or from a Masonic perspective, how would you define happiness?
1: My oldest daughter uh, passed away two years ago. Devastating time. I couldn't go to Lodge. I couldn't face anybody. But I had brethren phone me to see how you're doing. We're talking about wife. How are you doing? Do you just need anything? If it wasn't for the brotherhood and the Masons, I never would have seen happiness again. Masonry, the brotherhood, Will help you through these difficult times, will guide you if you rely on the lessons of Masonry. If you think back to when you were initiated as a Mason, what that being a youth in Masonry means to you. How you progressed to the second degree, now you're a young adult. And finally, you hit old age in the third degree. But with each one of these degrees, you learn something that you could translate into your everyday life, which in turn, if anything makes you feel good, it's going to make you feel happier. If you learn something, ah, I didn't know that, like a light goes on and say, yeah, there's a little bit of happiness there. If you learn that, yes, I might falter as a brother, but my brethren are going to help me and pick me up and yes, I'll be happy then when I don't have this despair about me, when I don't have uh, when I don't have control of what I'm doing or the issues around me. You can rely on your brethren.
0: Is that the so? There's the the happiness that you were allowed to or or that the brethren were able to allow you to have after the passing of your your eldest daughter Um, and that that knowledge that you have have people you know on brothers on whom you can rely Uh, do you think it, it does seem to me and I don't know if you feel the same way, you know, it seems like the world outside of Freemasonry, um, it, it's growing harder and harder to find people you know, with which you can rely, relationships seem to be fracturing to a greater and greater extent. Um, you know, it's just another example of the way in which Freemasonry makes the world a better place. It produces relationships you know, of reliance where you can rely on people I don't know if, if that is one thing that sets Freemasonry apart in your, in your opinion, it seems that that's that separates Freemasonry from the rest of the world is that there's very few places that still exist that have that reliance, uh, or where you can develop relationships and you know, that you can rely on those people to be there for you uh, if, and when needed.
1: If I may to answer that, I uh, read a short letter, uh, I'm also a member of the uh, law, uh, Lodge number 50 in Jerusalem for the Grand Lodge of the State of Israel. So this is a letter from their Grand Master uh, just the other day.
0: Actually, it's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll let you read it in just a moment. But it's funny. I was on a Zoom meeting last night with um, Clarence F. Daylight Lodge in Van Nuys, Los Angeles, California, Uh, and I'm almost positive, you're gonna read out now the same letter that um, Brother Carp read out because he said he had received a letter from the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Israel. Um, It's just funny, that's a really interesting coincidence. I guess the fact that, uh, you know, I, I heard this letter yesterday and now you yourself have received it. It's very cool, but by all means,
1: Yeah, so dear brethren, we are living through difficult times as individuals, as families, and as a nation, which is a result of a lack of tolerance and irrationality. Only with the philosophy and the principles of Freemasonry can we live with respect to one another in harmony and in intolerance, in love, in fraternity between all religions cultures, and races. Uh, races. Yeah. Freemasonry in Israel has is always promoted fraternity between the diverse populations and applying these principles as a source of strength of which we are proud. As mentioned, brethren under the banner and the grand Lodge of the state of Israel come from many different religions and beliefs mm-hmm. and fully respect each other without any differentiation, intolerance, Intolerance and hate are not acceptable in our order and we are equal on the level as human beings. The Masonic teachings are a true example to the world in living according to our principles of tolerance, respect, quality and brotherly love. Today we are experiencing more challenges than usual, therefore we must strengthen even more these principles of our order as individuals and as a society. Thus, showing the world the importance of Freemasonry, which demonstrates that it's possible to live together in spite of differences. The trust that by uniting in fellowship, we will overcome these difficult times as soon as possible. That says it quite well.
0: <laughs> where does that um, letter come Or not, where does it come from? Is it possible for other Masons to access that letter? Like, did, did the Grand Lodge put it up on a, a website uh, if any other brother wanted to no, take a look it at
1: was, it? Well, this one was sent direct to me so from Grand Lodge because I'm the member.
0: But, it's, uh, it's a great letter. I mean, I, like I said, I heard it yesterday and, and I was happy that you write it out again today because it's a terrific letter. I'm just curious if the text of it is, is available anywhere because it would be something worth, uh, it, it would be something well worth masons in any jurisdiction, uh, breeding okay. and, and discussing in their lodge. And, you know, as a secretary myself, you know, I always try to collect whether it be a summons or correspondence from other jurisdictions and other lodges, and then share those with my brethren. Um, it'd be well worth, uh, uh, a share to the brethren of, harmony lodge 579
1: well we'll try and put it up on uh, i'll check with the right worshipable brother Tark uh, winter and see how we could do that and put it up
0: so you know those are very those are very wise words uh which i think is a a good place to kind of wrap this up are you uh, i guess my, my last question for you is just as we we get closer and closer to to voting registration and then the voting itself um just yeah the the importance um you you touched on this you know the importance of educating our non-voting members on what's happening and, and who's running and why they should pay attention but to those members who can vote uh just Why is it important that they be informed? Why is it important that they register? And why is it important that they take part in Grand Lodge, both in terms of attending, but also voting?
1: I personally feel that attending Grand Lodge is a responsibility of all Masons. That's number one. I feel it's their duty to attend. Uh, If you're a voting member and you don't know who you're voting for, you're blind. You have to know who you are voting for. And as the Grand Master once said in one of his letters, it's not a popularity contest. But I honestly feel it was that some years and other years it wasn't. Because all, <clears throat> excuse me, all too often, you go to Grand Lodge, you don't know who these people are. Like I'm from Barrie. Uh, somebody, even though I spend a year in Simcoe, Ontario, I don't know anybody from there. Uh, so they wouldn't know, know me. They wouldn't know you. They wouldn't know any of the brethren. And that's why I praise this forum so much. It's the ideal way for the brethren to look and see, well, yeah, he's a bit bit of a wiener, but I like him. I might vote for him or whatever they choose. And if you don't exercise your right to vote, you don't have a leg to stand on to complain.
0: And with that, uh, I will... Echo those sentiments and encourage every voting member to vote and every non voting member to pay attention and learn because it's good, aside of the fact it's good to always know what's going on. Uh, you eventually are going to, you know, more than likely go from non voting member to voting member. So paying attention now is just preparation for when you have the opportunity. Uh, to everybody watching this, like, subscribe, comment on the video, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to worshipful sir, I very much appreciate your time and I wish you, as I do all the candidates, the best of luck.
1: And I thank you, my brethren, and I can't thank you enough. You're a good man.
0: And with that, I will, um, like I said, uh, this invitation is open to everybody, all the candidates. If for whatever reason I didn't manage to get in touch with you, please contact me um, and I will schedule you. Uh, An interview, I got pretty quick turnaround. So if you contact me, I should be able to, to schedule your interview within a day or so.